Hi everyone, I'm Shulpa and this is Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations, where we will hear from people of different backgrounds with different experiences and different perspectives on taboo topics, hoping to create a more accepting and less judgmental world. Let's get it started. So this has been a really tough week for, I think, all of us. Um, in the country, in the world. For me personally, my experience has been just feeling overwhelmed and anxious. Um, Literally, I have not stopped thinking about everything happening or being said all over social media over the past week, trying to make sense of it all for myself and, you know, weed out my truth and listen to the truth of others to gain knowledge. You know, I have seen a lot of hateful hateful things on on the internet and that's really broken my heart and you know people are are divided and instead of really coming together to have conversation and listen to all different experiences you know it's it's been a lot of anger and I almost don't I don't think it really gets us anywhere when we're just yelling at each other the way I learn best is when I have a conversation with someone and hear their experience and then also reflect on my own experience and to figure out what my truth is and how I can be better in all of this myself. I literally went through a roller coaster of emotions, but at the end of the day, I was like, okay, clearly this is bringing up conversation amongst me, my friends, my family, my husband. It's almost been beneficial for me to really reflect on my own experiences and my own prejudices and all the things that I've done and also the things I've experienced, but also listening to the stories of others and what they're experiencing, what their stories are as well. But I have Isaac here too. Yeah, I think it's been a a very reflective period of time. I think all this stuff that's happening is a lot. It's causing us to really look inward on our own, like you said, our our own experiences and our own situation, and define it for ourselves. And I almost feel some people aren't taking the time to be so reflective and just quickly maybe reacting from an emotional standpoint of like anger and frustration, which I understand. I'm not saying I don't understand it, but for me personally, I wanted to take the time to educate myself, to look within myself first before I say anything about anyone else or have an opinion or have a say. I really wanted to take time to reflect and I think both Isaac and I have been doing that through conversation with friends and and with other people. So that's why we actually I wanted to put an episode together sharing the stories of three different black men with three different experiences and realizing that maybe they're not all the same. They maybe share similarities, but they're not all the same. So what I've learned, it is I do believe it is dangerous and unfair to group everyone of any race into a box like you know put them in a box and saying that's how they all feel or that's the story of of all of them like that's the story that they share that's why we do have to take the time to educate ourselves and hear stories of various different people but I think we wanted to also take this time you know I'm Indian American first generation and Isaac yeah I'm uh, mixed. My mom 
is German, African American, and my dad is Mexican, Native American. There's a lot of different genes, and and I kind of encompass all of them. My mom did come out more white. Her dad was mixed, and he was half white, half black. My grandmother, so my mom's mom, is Jewish. German and my dad, Spanish, Native American, Mexican. It's been a confusing time for you as well. It has. I've been having to really look at my ancestry pool and put myself in their shoes. And I don't deny that they suffered a lot. My grandma on my mom's side, she was discarded from her family for dating a black man. And my grandfather, on my mom's side was also discarded from his family for dating a white woman. And so then they left Tennessee and they went to Montana. That's where the story kind of begins when my mom was born. And then uh, my grandfather developed a drinking problem. And so my grandma and him divorced and she took the kids and went to California. Okay, I always found it so interesting when he told he would tell me that, hey, he's like, I'm Mexican. I'm like, but you're actually not just Mexican, you are all these other races or ethnicities, and why don't you feel comfortable owning that? Yeah, so I guess the biggest, my biggest family um, is on my dad's side. It's the Mexican family, the Mexican Native American side. So, yeah, I have, like, a whole bunch of cousins. Everyone looks, like, predominantly Mexican and has Mexican features and, you know, darker skin and all that where I'm more tan. So everyone that saw me, they would see a white boy. And so most of my communities that I was raised in and that I called my own also labeled me that way. So every time that I explored outside and I went out, of my communities or that I was with even within my community, I would always represent more of my Mexican side and say, hey, no, I'm Mexican. Even within my black friends, like I would say either, you know, Mexican and black and just a little bit of white. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel like you didn't want to own it? I didn't want to own it because I, I never found a situation ever in my life where me being more white was advantageous to me. Explain that. So me walking about town and me going into different places, like I've never experienced a privilege from having lighter skin or being of a certain look. And, you know, I was just as afraid as everybody else of cops. But as I grew up, I started to realize that that was more, in my opinion, the social economic status of my neighborhood and me was like, we couldn't afford, you know, having a ticket or getting a ticket. And we didn't want to cross that point where we had to pay one. In my experience, it it was never, you know, amongst my white Mexican or black friends, it was never advantageous for me to claim that I was white. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I, when Isaac and I were dating, we got into a fight actually, which was a good conversation for us to have because I learned a lot from that discussion about my own prejudices and my own thought process. You know, I had told him about some experiences with racism growing up as an Indian American in this community, but I've I've dealt with racism from both black and 
white people. You know, I told them about like, I don't know, a group of Indian girlfriends had gone out or my Indian family, we had all gone, gone out. It's a pretty big group and they wouldn't let us in. But I've tried going into that same club with either just myself or with white girls and not a question, you know, of whether we were getting in. So, uh, you know, I always wondered why would a group, a large group of white women get into a club and not not brown girls, right? And I was kind of just telling about the story and I was like getting hyped up and I was like, yeah, white people this. Like I made a comment, I can't remember exactly, maybe I made a general comment like white people are racist. And he's like, hey, hey, like I take offense to that, you know, do you, do you feel like I am? And I was like, I was getting angry that he wasn't respecting my, my experience. But then I also realized that that's actually not what I have, what I actually believe Mm -hmm. because that's not every experience I've had. My roommates all were all in like in LA are all white. I grew up with white kids in my elementary school and I have had experiences. Like I'm not saying I didn't like, and I also knew that there was a difference. I remember growing up in elementary school, I had all white friends because that's who lived around me. But when all the high school, all the elementary schools came together and we all had one high school, that's when I saw other brown girls. I was like, oh my God, okay, now I have like brown friends. But at that time, I also had, in elementary school, I had a white best friend and she would come like sit with us because we'd hang out all together with my brown friends. But then eventually she moved on and like pretty much said she felt uncomfortable sitting with us because she was the only white girl. And I think that hurt me a lot. And I I, I think I realized I I haven't worked through some of my traumas from the past that still incited some anger within me when I was having that conversation and making those generalizations when I was talking to Isaac, because one of my closest friends right now is white. All of my roommates in LA were white. Isaac is, <laughs> is white. And for the majority of my experiences, I did not have these racist experiences with all white people that I came across. So it really made me rethink my thought on okay, is this really true? Is this my truth? And I think I might have thrown out the word, uh, I did actually, throw out the word uh, white privilege to you. And he's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. What are you talking about? I grew up poor. So in that sense, he didn't have that advantage over me. If anything, you had more privilege than I did. Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It, I think now my family is more well off. Than and educated than your family is at like right now, if you're comparing in that sense. But I don't think you were privileged more than I was, and I don't think I was privileged more than you were. Mm-hmm. We both grew up in like in a poor neighborhood, yeah. but then we like my parents were able to work hard to get us out of it. Mm-hmm. They saw the way out. They saw the way out, and they worked worked towards doing that for mm-hmm. us, you know. And I'm so grateful. And that's the day that I realized, whoa. Is, is the white privilege term my term, or did I just pick that up from what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing on social media or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, I think, taking this time to really reflect on our experiences. And not just that, I've reala- like I've definitely, I'm owning up to saying racist or prejudiced things against black people, white people, 
Asians, Asians. Mexicans, um, my own people, you know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I am owning up to that and I know I want to do better and I know how hurtful that can be. Did I ever allow it for me to hate someone? No, but is it still wrong? In my, in my opinion, yes, because it can, it can be hurtful. And at the end of the day, we don't want to divide. We want, we want to really unite because that is how we are more powerful. And I want to be more loving and more accepting of people and not just judge someone based on what they look like or where they're from. I want to actually have a conversation with, with them. I want to get to know them. There's a lot of trauma yeah. in this subject. There is. There's a lot of anger and resentment and yeah, feelings that don't necessarily belong to the person that you're having the argument with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like when we were having the discussion, like we were getting pretty loud and mm-hmm. we were getting upset, but all that anger and aggression was not towards like me. It mm-hmm. was towards all the people in the past that you never forgave yeah. for, for, experience, for the experiences that you never like faced and talked yourself through. And I think, I think when we understand our projections onto the world, then we can really focus on our own prejudices and our own judgments of those around us and ourselves. Because in my opinion, there was somewhere, there was somewhere in me where that Shoko was attacking, you know, she was saying that was wrong and that, I don't know. Like, well, um, yeah, pretty much. I was talking about your group of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're a part of well, a part of your ethnicity. You know, you took offense to that because it grouped you right in yeah. to that. Like I boxed you in to yeah. that comment. Like yeah. that is you too. I pretty much said that is you too. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, do I actually really believe that? No, clearly he loves me. We're in a relationship, yeah. you know, and he doesn't talk down about my family. And I, have I actually experienced the, the idea that there's benefits to being a part of? a group of people and I haven't, you know, I haven't experienced any benefit from being boxed in, boxed in. Yeah. For me, I remember in that moment that one of the things I was feeling, and I think it came out as anger was fear that you did not care about me or you did not acknowledge my pain or you were not, um, maybe seeing any, and actually I was getting angry that you were not agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. Or seeing my truth as your truth. And the thing is, that's why I'm like reflecting on all of these experiences I've had to realize in this situation, I, I think I'm seeing a lot of anger um, and frustration come out because we are trying to convince other people to have our truth or experience our truth and our truth be their truth. And I think it, also to acknowledge that pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, what what people have, have have had to experience is horrific, you know, mm-hmm. feeling racism and feeling the projection of somebody's anger and aggression is, is awful. If anyone's ever been in an abusive relationship, they can attest to that. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in the sense of like, you're bringing all of this anger and aggression to this topic and then you project that anger and aggression onto the person that you're speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. I also had that idea of black people as well, because I remember I had an experience where, well, okay. And not totally, but 
because of one experience, maybe I did make a generalization at one point, but my friend and I, my Asian American friend and I, Chinese American, and we went to a club not knowing it was quote unquote black night. And we showed up and we knew we were not welcome by the black women. <laughs> we knew we were not welcome there. We were literally like shoved and like looked at with major stink eyes. So it was, <laughs> so we were like, okay, we, we tried to kind of stick it out for a little bit, but then we left. But and I've had people say, like, I smell like curry. It doesn't matter. And honestly, it was black or white. It really didn't matter. I've had that experience for both sides. But should I use that, those situations to say, well, they're all racist. No, that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. I have friends who are black and employees who are black who have worked on my, my team. I've definitely been in those situations where me and my team will walk into an Indian wedding to like prepare, like to get those, these women ready for the event. And they look at my team and they're like, Oh shit. Like, are they going to be like, I know what they're thinking. Are they going to be able to do a good job because they're black and they're not Indian. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't even have to say anything. Cause I'm like, just wait and watch. They, mm-hmm. they will show them through their work. So I know what happens. I know racism is happening. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it. But like I said, you know, I grew up poor too, or like we, we initially came here with nothing, with not much at all, but my parents, and we lived in Jamaica, Queens, and my parents had to work hard to get us out of there. I am as successful as I am today because of that, because I knew um, education, it was really important. That was my job to be educated and get a good job. And it, we had the help of families, right? The community, the, the community, the Indian community and Indian families, they helped each other. I think you see pockets of that all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. All over, well, not only the world, but specifically the United States, is you see pockets of communities that will uphold each other and will help each other out and be there for each other, watch the kids, do whatever needs to be done in order to work around the situation of education or finances or whatever yeah like you you do see people grouping themselves together naturally um because there's a sense of comfort similarity you know you see another i mean i see that happen all the time and i've been guilty of that too oh okay there's another brown person in the room i guess i can go sit with them or whatever it is but now i actually don't necessarily love doing that because i've also had people say to me oh i have a friend who would be so perfect for you he's indian just like you and i'm like uh okay that's why he's perfect for me what the fuck does that you know that's the only reason why and i had to reflect on this so I've had people ask me, where am I from? And I'm literally my entire life, where am I from? And I'm like, okay. Uh, And at first, when I was younger, I would say, well, India. Play into what they're asking. I always felt like they didn't think I was American because I was brown or because I was Indian. So as I got older, I didn't want to admit that I was Indian because, or not admit it, sorry. I didn't want to say, oh yeah, like, okay, if someone asked me where where am I from, I'd like New York. And I only started doing this recently, actually. And I literally had someone say, You're, uh, no, 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 where are you really from? And I'm like, yeah, I know New York, I grew up there. I guess she didn't know how to word what ethnicity I am I, but I said, um, I'm American. 
And she's like, you can't be American. You're not American. I'm like, um, yes, I am American. So I think acknowledging that there is, like, that is an experience mm-hmm. for a lot of people, actually. Oh, and that's somebody else's ignorance, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I, every time that question gets asked, I feel this, like, heat inside of me already burning <laughs> because I have that insecurity of, hey. Not being acknowledged as an American. An American. And that is my insecurity. Mm-hmm. And yes, some people have treated me that way, but not everyone has treated me that way. So, like, I love to travel. I love different cultures. I love people from all over the world. And I want to know about their culture and their story and whatever, right? So I will actually – I love that question. I want to know if I see – like, when I saw Isaac, I'm like, okay, you look unique or you look interesting. Where? What's your ethnicity? Even I'll, I'll even want to ask white people that. What is what is your background? Do you know where your ancestors are from? Because to me, it's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, people have traveled all around the world to settle in America. Yeah, so it's so cool just to know the background and the history behind it all, right? I wanna, I next time like that happens, I'm I'm trying to catch myself to make sure I'm not bringing that past trauma and my own insecurities into this situation when someone asks, where am I from? Yeah, I I think I will actually respond in the same way, saying New York, because that is where I grew up. But if they keep trying to get, maybe maybe it's my turn to teach them how to ask the question. So my question is, where are you from? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, My question is, would you describe that situation as a racist remark or somebody who is being racist you know I took it that way at the time but honestly to me it's just lack of education and ignorance I almost feel like that that person definitely stays at home a lot yeah lives in a box yeah yeah and it's sad to me that it's actually still seen that way when we have all different ethnicities in America and we we make up America America is my home you know America I am American first before anything else it is actually shocking to me that it still happens but maybe but that but that's the thing maybe that is where I step in and say hey I am American too that's when I educate he hey this is how to ask the question maybe asking what hey what's your ethnicity you know instead of saying hey where are you from and actually meaning that you know, yeah. you don't belong here. And then maybe even saying like, hey, you know, the world is a lot more diverse than what you think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. I think maybe taking that responsibility to educate someone instead of being quick to anger, which is something I learned through those experiences and finally actually being in a place in my life that I can reflect on past experiences before I wasn't really quite there yet, you know. Um, I think I'm there now and I'm trying my best to be there now. Yeah, the only... The only prejudice or any type of racial thing that came up for me was just from my own communities that I would see myself in, the Mexican community primarily. They would look at me like I was white, you know? They're like, what are you talking about, white boy? It's like, oh, okay, I don't go home to a Mexican family who speaks for, you know, only Spanish and yeah. all that. Like, And I believe that's that's also, you know, that projection of, insecurity you know Mm -hmm. that projection of having something like that happen to that person and so now it has to happen to you because you're different because you look different because Mm -hmm. you're hanging out with the same crowd but you're completely you Mm -hmm. know of a different tone of skin 
And maybe they thought you had it easier because you're white or like you look more mm -hmm. Caucasian. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's completely wrong because I, I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, our, my family was poor, is still kind of poor, um, maybe more middle class now, but they worked hard to make sure that I wasn't running the streets, to make sure that they weren't running the streets. And yeah, I know they have experienced some real racism within their life, but they tried their hardest to make to make an environment in which I don't have to experience that in my life. And so I haven't, you know, they didn't allow that to be my, my narrative that I'm just walking around in this, you know, racially dependent world. And it only depends on my skin color and what I'm, whether I'm, I'm blessed with light or dark skin. That's not my story. And that's the story that I refuse for my kids to, to even know. They are going to be a product of their own choices and their, their own actions and mindsets. And no matter how many people out there are going to be racist against them, are going to ask them where you're from and all that, it's not going to stop them from succeeding. Nothing will stop them from succeeding. Mm -hmm. My message here is we all have different experiences with this topic. Some might not experience racism and some might, might have, and some might have grown up poor, some might not have. But I think throwing around the word, okay, so you were privileged or you had more privileges. So I literally had someone say that to me and some close to me too, actually, when I shared my story of, or like when I was like, okay, well, I grew up poor. I had racist, you know, people say racist things to me and I am a minority, but my, apparently my story did not matter because I had a privilege and I'm like, well, like what? I, I'm just curious because I got my, because my parents got our, us out of poverty, but that's because they worked towards that. Right. So I think just being conscious of and aware of how we are speaking to one another and how we're almost shutting each other out mm -hmm. before even really listening to ourselves. So maybe taking a second or a few seconds, a few minutes, or even like I did, I took a week to reflect on this stuff, to think about how do I want to respond? I don't want to just react. How can I respond to what this person is saying or what their story is? We don't want to take away from anyone's story. I think everyone's story is, is powerful and is meaningful. Yeah, whether they agree with you or not. Yeah. It, you know, it's still their story. Yeah. And uh, you trying to change their narrative or you trying to open up their eyes is almost stealing away their their pain or their their experience. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and I, I think it's beautiful to share stories but the thing the problem we run into if we're not truly listening to each other let's take the time to listen so we can actually learn something because mm -hmm. i've learned so much through all the conversations i've had this week and through the interviews we've done i am so grateful for it because I, that's what i want to know i want to know the experiences i want to know how i can learn from them and i think just respecting and honoring everyone at this time is important. Mm -hmm. I, also, mm -hmm. I also think if you listen, 
as well, you'll realize that a lot of your stories are the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, everyone has experienced some sort of form of prejudice in their lives and has experienced that sort of pain. Some sort of hate some or sort of hardship. Anger. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And so And I know there there right now there's a battle of okay, my pain is more valuable or more valid than your pain at this moment or my um my experience is more valid than your experience or my voice is more valid than your voice. And I think it just really, that causes a lot more hurt. That rhetoric really causes a lot more hurt and pain. And instead of actually like love and equality and being able to really respect, take that time to respect and listen to each other. Because when you say that to someone, your brain almost automatically shuts off and says, okay, cool. I don't, you clearly don't respect me and what I have to say or think. So I don't really care to listen to you. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I would respond in that situation. Well, old me would probably respond in that situation, but I would still feel offended. You know, if you're saying that I don't matter or I don't, that is what I actually hear when someone says that to me, mm. that I don't matter. Mm. If, if you say my voice or my story or my opinion does not matter in the situation. And so to me, that doesn't do any good. That does more harm. So maybe saying, okay, I hear you. I'm listening. I get it. And this is how I see things. And this was my experience. Or this was this person's experience with this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're talking about here. So I think when we're sitting behind our computers and our, and our phones, we really need to be mindful that people on the other side that we're seeing really hateful and mean things too, or maybe generalizing, making generalizations about them without really asking questions, know that they are human too, just as you are, just as I am, that they are human too. So maybe educating each other, or asking the right questions, like have that curiosity, mm -hmm. have that curiosity to really understand that person's mindset, to really understand that person's experience and to make sense of it. And I think we all, at the end of the day, want the same things, equality for all and to really uplift this community of black people who feel oppressed. Let's get them the help that they need. And how do we do that? And what can we do to help? And I, I believe the start is by starting at the conversations, having yeah. the rough conversations respectfully. Yes. And so going back to what you were saying, like talking to everybody, but in a respectful manner, everyone has their own opinions. Everyone's entitled to, to their own opinions. That yeah. is what America is all about. Freedom. The freedom. Mm -hmm. um, and then not demonizing anybody for having a different opinion than yeah. you. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I've seen so yeah. much of that, and it's heartbreaking. And so we, we, come, you know, we, we come to the table. We say, hey, what can we agree on? Mm -hmm. What is it that we can agree on to go forward to help this community mm -hmm. and this group of people? Mm-hmm. I think just knowing that we all ultimately have the same goal, mm -hmm. but I don't think anyone is really, I think all this fighting and bickering is going about because people are not maybe saying the same exact thing. And we aren't required to say the same exact thing in the same exact manner. Mm -hmm. And just being, just being kind, being, being loving. Yeah, loving. Yeah. Being understanding, loving, being willing to, you know, admit if you're, if you're wrong, yeah. um, being willing to to open up the dialogue yeah. and start the conversation. We've, we've not had, attacking. Yeah, not attacking. We've had some amazing conversations with some amazing people mm -hmm. who are coming from a loving place, who are trying their best 
And I believe everyone is trying their best. Yeah, I do too. And so with that being said, continue trying your best Mm -hmm. because each individual can make such a huge impact Mm -hmm. on the environment around them. Take responsibility of your own actions. Be a prominent member in your community and in the people that you even just interact with on a day-to-day basis. Help each other. Mm-hmm. Mentor each other. Educate each other. Yeah, I mean, like that's what we were talking about yeah. going into black communities, and maybe they do need more mentors. Not just black communities, though. Oh, what, sorry. Mexican communities. Po- yeah, po- in, impoverished, impoverished communities. communities yeah. Minority communities. People with a without the same socioeconomic support. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, a lot of those people who are in more impoverished areas are minority groups and so we can all do our part in helping and it's not just giving your money to the charity that asks for it it's actually taking time and volunteering your time to go down there or pull somebody you know who you know who's struggling aside and mentor them talk about finances let's talk about you know i think i think helping yeah looks different for everyone Mm -hmm. so yes but just be educated about where is this money going what good is it actually doing don't just do something because it's trending yeah it's trending exactly i've seen a lot of that too just taking the time to be reflective and loving knowing that i'm not taking away from the past experiences of black americans in the u.s Absolutely, absolutely not. I am definitely not taking away from history, the you know experience of slavery, segregation, lynchings, any anything like that. That is not my that is not my goal here. I just want to say, I think overall listening to each other and being more loving. Yeah, we can all make some really big changes in our lives. Yeah, doing the healing of our inner selves when when it comes down to this stuff right here. So we can actually go out and help heal other people and communities. Until next time, this is Shilpa on Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations.